We are uh, getting set to enter the 8 o'clock hour with our friends in the holy city of Hebron. Uh, Hebron Fund um, matching campaign is on. Hebronfund.org slash match. We are encouraging our listeners and we are encouraging those who our listeners encourage to please give and give generously. Aside from our own cause, this is the final this is the final um, campaign of this uh, calendar year that we're going to be concentrating on. So please, um, there is no better way to connect to Israel during this time of disconnection than by supporting the Hebron Fund and supporting the holy work that's being done in the holy city of Hebron. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. And we are going to kick off, well, we're a couple of minutes early, but doesn't bother me. Uh, we're going to kick off our conversations regarding the holy city of Hebron with one of our great friends from Hebron who is with us live via telephone. Yoni Bleichbard took on a role years ago that um, is one to be admired, but I don't know if it's one to be envious of, and that is uh, director of security at the holy city of Hebron. And you can imagine, those of you who've followed modern Jewish history, you can imagine imagine just what kind of responsibility that is and the types of episodes and the uh, types of incidents that he and his amazing community have been involved with. When you support the Hebron Fund, you are literally supporting the security of the holy city of Hebron with the work that they are doing, in addition to so many other things that you're supporting. So keep that in mind during this campaign. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. There are nine hours to go. They are at 32% of their goal. They're at 328000 out of a $1 million goal. And every time you give, every dollar you give is doubled. Yoni Bleichbard, shalom and welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom, boker tov, and good afternoon. It is amazing. How are you, Nachum? Doing all right. It's amazing after all these years, we think back to uh, the very beginning of your involvement in all of this, and it's hard to believe just how much time has gone by. And speaking of time going by, and speaking of how I'm doing, Yoni Bleichbard, I could tell you that it's very painful for me and so many others who are used to having an open door to Israel and are used to being able to pray and and pray at will at Marat HaMachpelah and to visit you and our friends in Hebron whenever we wish. It's been very difficult over the last two years to get used to this new reality that we don't have access to the holy city. Do you miss Jews from around the world? Is Hebron different right now because of what's happened over the last two years? So, uh, first of all, we miss. We miss you. We miss our dear friends uh, very much. It's not easy. It's not easy, not because of the tourism that literally got uh, destroyed, and Hebron relies on tourism uh, as their main income, but uh, we miss you dearly because uh, we love you all. Uh, we're, we partner in this uh, thing called uh, Building Hebron. Uh, 
and taking care of the soldiers and uh, taking care of Eretz Israel without our partners, without without our second half in the United States, uh, uh, we're not complete. And that is why, first of all, we miss you and we want to see you as soon as possible. I think that Hashem is giving us a, a test, a test to see if our uh, if even though we can't come and see each other and be together, we're still bonded as one body, as one person. And Be'ezrat Hashem, you know, I, I, I do have a, a very close connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and as a matter of fact, <laughs> I have to say that I partner with him, you know, in, secu- in the security. He's, um, he's my number one, I'm his number two. <laughs> And you know, it says, It doesn't matter if you have the best and uh, the biggest amount of missiles and guns and the best uh, fighters uh, in the whole world. If a Kaddish who doesn't uh, think that you should succeed and you should win your battles, you won't. So, uh, you know, I do have a sense of what Hashem is, uh, <laughs> is, what Hashem is telling us to do. But other than that, we miss you dearly. And we want to see you as soon as possible. And I urge everybody: the minute the uh, the skies open, uh, don't hesitate and don't hesitate and come. First of all, come. You know, even for the weekend, uh, I prime I promise uh, to make an effort and see uh, each one of you who especially comes over. You know what? Besides you coming to Hebron. You know what's interesting, and and I wonder if. Um, do you do you feel it as you walk the streets? I understand that there's no tourist groups, and you know that that obviously makes things a little emptier. But does it does it feel lonelier uh, walking the streets of Hebron? Or or frankly, if we're not there or people are not coming on a regular basis, there's still so much activity, so much joy, so much happening on a daily basis that it, that that sort of goes unnoticed. No, no, no. It's very noticed. Do, do, do your parents uh, feel it when you don't come over? <laughs> Are they happy or sad? Even though, you know, they could have uh, a lot of things and they could have, uh, I don't know, all of these uh, old age, old, young, your parents are young, young, young uh, age the programs for everybody, but uh, the parents want to meet uh, the children uh, the brothers want to reunite, and that—that that is the main thing. That is the main lesson that comes out of Hebron. Hebron is the heart. Hebron unites everybody, and Hebron is waiting for everybody to come. You know, you and I always talk about security because you don't uh, shirk your responsibility. You take it very seriously to make sure the people in Hebron are protected properly and working with the army to do so and every little nuance you cover. Um, we know that technology is advancing like crazy, and uh, we know that certain towns in Israel are taking advantage of drones and other types of technical equipment to make the job a little easier, to make it tougher on the bad guys. Are things very different for you right now? Or is, there, is there equipment that you use that has made your life a little easier? And is there equipment that you use that, frankly, has been funded by the Chevron Fund? Uh Absolutely to both uh, questions. First of all, uh, uh, I just uh, sent out a personal email to a few of our uh, funders that funded uh, cameras, cameras with special features that allow to face recognition and uh, other uh, special things. 
And because of that, there was a stabbing uh, two weeks ago, and we were able to uh, to deal with it online and thank God to arrest uh, the terrorist uh, because of uh, my dear partner, Kodesh Bolho, because of our brave army, and because of these special features. But uh, but not only technology, this is a bit personal for me. As, as you uh, recall, last year I, I, I spoke about my son, who was uh, in the army in a special unit, and uh, it was during the COVID, the, the first or second or the third uh, Wave, right. phase of COVID. Yeah. I, I lost track of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> we we too have but, lost track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and uh, now as the year has gone by, uh, my son was promoted. He graduated officer school, and he's now leading uh, a small team in the special forces. Some somewhere up north, where it's very cold, and with all the technology, at the end of the day. Uh, these soldiers, whether they're up north or over here in Hebron, go out at night, uh, stay in the outposts, uh, in patrols, uh, fighting, battling the terror. And, you know, they don't need the drones, they don't need uh, the cameras, they don't need uh, the special vest against bullets. They do need everything. Yeah. But the basic thing, stuff as warm weather gear, uh, not that the not that the army doesn't uh, provide uh, coats and sweaters, but they're all very old-fashioned, very uncomfortable. And when we have the chance of giving the soldiers, besides all the technology that is very needed, and uh, the drones and everything else, the the basic thing, not that just uh, warms the heart. Uh, uh, Mentally, it warms the heart physically and enables them to fight terror much better. And that's our main goal, to fundraise for security. Not, not, it's a, the security is not for the uh, 90 to 100 families that live over here. The security is for the millions of Jews who, Bezrat Hashem, when the gates will open again, will come and visit their fathers and mothers. And that's our main goal in the Hebron. Yeah, and also you always get the message and you always emphasize that when you uh, secure Hebron, you're securing the rest of Israel. And, I, and I, I know you're making that point. I just want to make sure that our audience gets that because we've said it a million times. A secure Hebron, everybody, equals a secure name the town, name the city, name the municipal area of Israel. That's the way it works. Yoni Bleichbart is with us, Chief Security Officer for the Hebron Jewish Community. He's a wonderful friend, somebody who takes his responsibilities very seriously, as you can imagine. And... Um, has an amazing team and an amazing relationship with uh, with other teams, the IDF, etc., to make sure that the holy city of Hebron is protected. And we have an obligation, as disconnected as we might feel, and we've lamented that now for a long, long time, um, what seems way too long, uh, we have an obligation to make sure that the Hebron security uh, apparatus and so many other areas of Hebron are strong financially, and that's why the Hebron Fund campaign, which is going on right now, is so vital. It's hebronfund.org slash match, hebronfund.org slash match, hebronfund.org slash match. It's a cause match campaign with under nine hours to go. They're at $330,000 out of the one million, and every time you give a dollar, it is doubled. Every time you give a dollar, it's a real matching campaign. So if you give uh, $1,800, you are really giving 
$3,600. So keep that in mind right now for our friends in Hebron. Again, it is hebronfund.org slash match. Yoni Bleichbard is uh, with us live via telephone in Hebron. And um, he is the uh, chief security officer. Um, so we know that obviously you're hoping and anticipating that more and more tourists come uh, to Hebron and that things get back to normal, so to speak, Yoni, and that we appreciate very, very much. But you said something in this conversation that I think has to be emphasized. So many of us make the mistake of thinking that the terror attacks, the stabbings, the episodes, the incidents are something that you know happened 5, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, we're in the news on a regular basis during that era, and that today things are so much more quiet. And then you just told us about an episode that you know where the cameras helped arrest somebody in an episode that happened just two weeks ago. Um, one of the most dangerous things a security officer can do is let his guard down, is get lulled into a sense of security, as we say, um, uh, as we say in the vernacular. Um, how important is it? not just for the funding, but for the right attitude to make sure that everybody who's responsible for security is always at the top of their game. All right, that's that, num- that number one rule. You have to, uh, when, when a person is confident in himself, when he knows that he has got a whole system backing him down, and it's not just Yoni Bleichbart, his boss, but it's, he knows that when he faces action, when he goes into action, he's got uh, supporters all over that are behind him and will provide them with the more, most advanced and the, the best uh, equipment ever. And he'll be able to train yeah. in, uh, for, for only one thing. It's, it's not about the job. It's about saving Jewish lives. It's about defending the country of Israel. When he knows that, then, you know, that, 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 that's the only boost that gives him uh, the strength to, uh, to continue on. Oh, have you said it all? Have you said it all? Everybody out there, there are going to be different perspectives. You know, we have amazing guests like Yoni lined up for the next few minutes here at JM and the AM. You're going to hear a lot of different perspectives. But this is a real practical perspective. Security for Israel, security for Hebron. The little that we could do by tossing in a few dollars and making sure the Hebron Fund is strong. So when Yoni Bleichbard turns to the Hebron Fund and says, Guys, I know it's been a tough year, no tourism less people interacting with Hebron. I know it's been tough, but we need X, Y, or Z. We want to make sure that they have the X, Y, or Z that Yoni and his staff need. Um, again, go to the campaign, hebronfund.org slash match, hebronfund.org slash match. Yoni Bleichbart is the chief security officer for the holy city of Hebron. Dashcha, uh, my friend, I hope we will reunite very soon where you are in the holy city. And thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bezrat Hashem Nachum, looking forward, counting the days, counting the days. Bezrat Hashem, thank you so much. And you mean that literally, and I can attest to the fact that it's literal, because I think we're at that point where where we are now counting the days. Tadarabai, Yoni Bleichbard. Everybody out there, please respond. We're asking you to spend one hour concentrating on the holy city of Hebron. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. It's JM in the AM. Sachtiers Rebra
Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. The international spokesperson for the Hebron Jewish community is our amazing friend, Yishai Fleischer. He is with us live via telephone. Yishai, shalom, shalom. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Shalom, Nachum, from rainy Judea. Wow. Who would have yes. thunk it, huh? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it's uh, it's beautiful dark clouds over the fields of uh, where where Root and Boaz met, and uh, it's just it's just getting me inspired. And uh, the ra- the rain is coming, and we're out there to help. Uh, we're, we're out there to ask people to help us make it rain uh, for Hebron to keep it strong and beautiful. Yishai, um, do your best to help repair the. Um the the tear or the slight break in the collective Jewish heart in the diaspora. How do you uh, how do you go about repairing this feeling that is now uh, unfortunately um, uh, an epidemic? Huh? Ironic enough, and I'll use that word uh, in diaspora jury of how disconnected we feel with the Holy Land. This gap, this terrible gap. Uh, that we feel over the last 22 months, this separation that, frankly, I believe is starting to exhibit some long COVID effects. We worry about long COVID and people who've had COVID, like, will they have, you know, breathing problems for God forbid, you know, quite a while or whatever the case may be. I think the Jewish world might suffer, God forbid, from long COVID after this separation from the Holy Land. What are you going to do in the next few minutes to help repair this, Eshai? Well, first thing is is that I, I want to kind of uh, strengthen your your claim and and actually give you a historical source for it. Just a few days ago in the Dafyomi in Gemara Megillah, we learned one of the reasons for celebrating Tu Be'av, which is Jewish, you know, the, the holiday of love. Right. Uh, tu Be'av. One of the reasons is that Yeravam ben Navat established these borders, these checkpoints that stopped Jews from going to Jerusalem, and only 300 years later. Under King Yoshiao, did these borders come down, and they celebrated that 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 uh, the end of that separation by making Tubav one of that. That's the day they celebrate it. So you're absolutely right that the separation is so painful for us, and it's exactly the opposite of the consciousness of Achdut. And we have enough separating us with this giant ocean. And now to be able to now to be blocked instead of the great amount of airplanes, I think I calculated that just from the New York area, there's 11 airplanes a day to the Holy Land, um, um, and now you know with this shutdown. So you're you're totally right. But but the good news is that you're crying about it. Meaning to say, the good news is that in the groups that I see, people are brokenhearted about it and they're talking about it. And uh, I hope that when this uh, when these borders come down, uh, then there's going to be a mad rush towards. Uh, towards reconnecting with Eretz Israel, and we're doing our best to create, me and my friends, and I see all my various friends are doing our best to create videos and, and do everything we can to, to keep people, you know, spiritually connected. Um, and what can I tell you? It's a crazy time, but it'll pass. That's all there is to it. It'll pass. And in the meantime, we have to make sure that our children, that's what I worry about. I, I don't worry about, you know, you, you know, Nachem, because I, I know that You've got the pictures in the house, and you've got the wine from from Yehuda, whatever it is, and there's ways to, to to plug in. But I worry about the children who, instead of having a bar mitzvah at the Kotel and in Marat Machpelah in Chevron, 
uh, they're having it, uh, you know, in, in Disney World or something. And, oh, yeah. And they're missing that essential, essential moment of connectivity. Trust me. Yeah, we're going to have to. And for some families in this country, that is the only method of connectivity is those family trips and these gap years and these uh, summer programs. And uh, God knows how many lone soldiers I've met in Israel who come from families who had zero connection to our tradition and heritage other than visits to Israel. And I wonder about them. I wonder about those families that don't have that tool anymore. Uh, Yishai Fleischer is with us, international spokesperson for the Hebron Jewish community. Before we talk about the Hebron campaign, um, did you feel it when you were here? You've traveled in the United States recently. Did you feel that you were hanging out with people that were longing for the Holy Land? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And people say things, and people there's a lot of upsetness. But I was down at the IAC, the Israel-America Coalition Conference down in, in Miami, and it was like a ton of Israelis, and we were just having a, a great old time of like of like being with one another. With if you can't have Israel, at least you can have Israeliness. Yeah. And so and so we had we had fun there in that in that uh, venue. Listen, I you know I, I I personally am in the camp that thinks that these closures are extreme and unnecessary and and are draconian measures. I say we build hospitals instead of building borders. And uh, and that that's my position on this thing, um, and yeah, pe- people want it very much. By the way, non-Jews as well. Not, I non-Jews are crying. I literally bumped into uh, a lady helping me from American Airlines at the uh, at the checkout ca- at the check-in counter, and she said to me, "I've yearned all my life to go to Israel. I'm only working in this airline because I wanted to fly with it to Israel, uh, and now I can't go." She started tearing up, and I wow. took out one of the uh, coins. That we made in Hebron, an Avram Avinu coin that uh, Rabbi Dan Rosenstein spearheaded, and, and I helped design a beautiful coin about Avram Avinu. We made two Avram Avinu and Sari Avinu, and I took out one of these coins. I have a gold one, a silver one, and a bronze one. You know, and, and they're for for donors. People want to be uh, uh, supporters. Uh, what, what's it called? Honor, honor, honorable citizens right. of, of Hebron. Um, and I gave her a bronze one. I just gave it to her, and I said to her. If you can't come to the land of Israel, the land of Israel has come to you. I said to her, Father Abraham sends you his blessings. Here he is. And she was just, oh, my God, she was like a bucket of tears. <laughs> she was just, she, she couldn't believe it. And I, and I thought that as a shlichut from Hebron, you know, from, from there, I, I, I had to give her something to make her feel like, you know, her dream isn't shattered. And I, I tell you, I tell you, Nachum, with all seriousness, I sometimes think that we don't understand what we mean to people. We don't have a we're, – we're too in our little worlds to understand what Israel, the word Israel, the word Jerusalem, the word Hebron, the word Abraham means to people. We just, we just do not value it enough to, to the, way, the way other people see us. I, I've, I've seen that over and over again. So just like Am Israel is, is divided right now, so too are non-Jews that, that love Israel honestly because they love the Tanakh. Um, and I urge all of them, of course, to, to come to the root of it all, which is the, the forefathers and mothers that are, that are buried in Hebron and also lived in Hebron and are waiting for you to come pay homage to them, pray with them, connect to, to their path. What can I tell you, Nachem? It's, it's a funny time, but uh, here we are talking. That means that somehow we are connected, and we're not going we'll, to—we'll get through it. We'll get through it just like we got through the war years and other tough years. We'll get through this as well. Bezrat Hashem. Yishai Fleischer is with us. The campaign is on hebronfund.org slash match. hebronfund.org slash match. Continue to help the Hebron Fund get to their goal of $1 million. Every dollar you give is, in fact, matched. hebronfund.org.
slash match. Yishai, why is a strong Jewish community of Hebron, and the more we support the Hebron Fund, the more ability they have to keep the community strong, why is a strong community of Hebron important for the safety, security, and future of the Jewish people in Israel and around the world? You know, Nachum, uh, our, our, our forefathers and mothers purchased property in the land of Israel, in Shechem, where the tomb of Joseph is, at the Temple Mount, and Abraham made the first purchase for the Jewish people in Hebron. These are spiritual, as well as economic, as well as geographical pillars. These places hold up our grip on the land of Israel. And if we, God forbid, relinquish them, we start to relinquish the whole thing. And, and Hebron is a pillar, a historical pillar, a narrative pillar, uh, a religious pillar, a purchase, a legal pillar. And, and the Jewish community of Hebron are really the knights of the Machpelah. They are the protectors uh, of, this, of this promise, of this initial pillar, of this initial connectivity. Uh, of Abraham to the land of Israel, of Abraham fulfilling the promise of God to to own the land of Israel, to control the land of Israel. And so the forces against us are quite aware of that. They know it intrinsically, that if if they could just uproot us from this root, they will be able to take over the rest. And you see that. That's why they, that's why they always have the, the Hebron and the crosshairs. And recently, the New York Times teamed up with the European-funded Breaking the Silence, and they showed this movie, and it was full of lies and gaps and everything else in the world, every piece of propaganda. I, I, I would love to give them a prize called the Goebbels Prize, okay, because it was such a work of, of, of Goebbels propaganda. Uh, but the focus was on Hebron, because the enemies know and, and Rav Soloveitchik and, and others always told us, if you want to know what to focus on, look at what the enemies of Israel are focused on and fight back against that. So the enemies of Israel want to approve us from Hebron, and, and folks listening today have to know that they can be part of it. In, in fact, it goes back to your first question, which is, how do we overcome the borders? We overcome the borders by being part of it, by taking whatever steps we can. I really urge everybody today to jump in, get out of your seat. And, and, and say to, to, to yourself, go to sleep tonight saying, I helped build Hebron. I helped secure the Jewish people's rights in Hebron. I helped the movement of, of Jewish rights in Judea today. I was part of that. And even though there are borders and I can't go and policies are crazy or they're not crazy, whatever they are, I know what I did today. I was part of strengthening this thing. And I could go to sleep tonight and I could go to sleep at the end of my life knowing that I'm on the right, on the right side of history, on the right team. And, and, and that's the opportunity of today. So we, just, we have to take it every single day, Nachum. Take the opportunity that God gives us and push the, push the plan forward. Take the opportunity, everybody. Yishai Fleischer and I encourage everyone listening right now and those who are listening to others who are listening right now, because we know the ripple effect of all this. As the word gets out that we've been highlighting this campaign, there are going to be people who become ambassadors and remind others to give to Hebron. We encourage everybody to be part of this campaign. And uh, go to hebronfund.org slash match. hebronfund.org slash match. Every dollar is doubled. They're over 331000 already. They're on their way to $1 million. And um, they're going to attain this in the next eight and a half hours with our help. Um, hebronfund.org slash match. hebronfund.org slash match. Yishai, I look forward to reuniting with you in the holy city of Hebron very, very soon. 
That's right. We want broadcasting. We want Nachum's voice coming out from the Holy Land soon. And Hashem, uh, there's nothing that's going to stop it, Nachum. It's Ham Yisrael Chai, no matter what, through thick and thin. Somehow, Kodesh Baruch has got a plan, uh, and and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it the best we can. And everybody's help today is absolutely needed to get to that mark, so that we can continue to be strong through this period. Yeah, needed and much appreciated. Todaraba, my friend, Yishai Fleischer, international spokesperson for the Holy City of Hebron, on this very special Wednesday morning at JM in the AM. We are meeting, or I should say we are reuniting this morning with some people that have been so important to us over the last many years. And I remind you that the Hebron Fund campaign continues, and I encourage you to give hebronfund.org slash match, hebronfund.org slash match. The director of tourism for the Hebron Fund is the amazing Rabbi Simcha Hachbaum, Rabbi Simcha, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. 
Thank you, Nachum. We miss everyone so, so much. And at least we can communicate via the radio. Yeah, that's true. At least we have an opportunity to, in fact, reunite uh, through this method. But we are, we are desperately, desperately trying to uh, help people deal with the separation, help people deal with the divide, help people deal with the gap that is being felt. And frankly, uh, Reb Simcha, of all the people in Hebron, I don't know who feels it more than you because you're the one who spends the most time with regular tourists and groups to Hebron. How different have the last two years been for you? So it's really been quite, quite difficult and challenging. You know, one of my great thrills of doing this job is is being connected to Amishad, to connect to so many different both Jews and non-Jews from all over the world that love the land of Israel and love the holy sites. And it's really, really been a challenge, you know, with all the different policies and all the different sky closing. Only positiveness, silver lining in this is, I think that it wakes us up a little bit to realize how much Israel is a gift, and we have to grab it when we can. A lot of times we always say we'll go, we'll, we'll go next year or we'll come when the situation gets better politically or economically. I think now a lot of people realize that Eretz Israel is something, a very precious gift. We have to really take advantage of the opportunity and the gift that God gave us after 2,000 years to be able to come here. So we miss everyone in a very, very strong way. And for me, of course, it's, it's extra hard not being able to connect to so many beautiful people and families and Jewish souls. You know, today we're encouraging people around the world to support the Chevron Fund so they can support the community and continue to build the community, all the necessities that the community needs that they turn to uh, people in Chutz Laaretz for. Um, and you, look, it's, 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 it's not a secret. The less people travel to Chevron, the less they're going to be inclined to, to support the needs because they don't see it in front of them. They don't, they don't hear and see from people like you what the needs are and and what great accomplishments have been made as they walk around with you in the holy city of Hebron. So we need people today to step it up, to realize that even though they haven't been there in a while, what they can provide is still very necessary. What, do you, what are your thoughts uh, on that angle? There's an expression, right. one can compare an experience when he sees it to when he hears about it. On the other hand, there is no nation like the Jewish people. And just hearing about the land of Israel, just hearing the word Kavron should do awaken a spark within us, a deep spiritual memory of our spiritual DNA of Avram and Sarah, Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov and Meir. And the needs of the community are great, and the situation throughout the world is uneasy. But here in Kavron, we also have great windows of opportunity. We started building 31 new apartments in Rova Chizkiel, 20 years of court cases. 20 years of bagats, of going, running to the Israeli Supreme Court, different Arab groups and left-wing groups trying to stop us from growing and expanding. Thank God now we're growing and we are expanding. Recently, new homes have been purchased in Chabon where Jewish families are living. We have a guest house that, Baruch Hashem, been so overused and so depreciated. And now, Baruch Hashem, we are undergoing a whole new revamping of the guest house. And the guest house is not just a Shabbos guest house. It also serves as a great way for young Israelis and pre-army programs to come, mechinot, and to be able to stay overnight here in Hebron and to really connect and to understand what they're going to eventually be fighting for when they join the IDF and what they're defending 
and a little bit the Jewish history and the Tanakh history of being over here. So we hope, hope all our friends will really step up to the plate and really be there to help us. And just a little bit, you know, in the parsha when Moshe is telling the Jewish people, I'm ready to take you out. Some people weren't ready to hear the message of redemption. But then God says, I also heard the cries of the Jewish people. And when we're sensitized enough and we can hear the cries of another Jew, when we hear the cries of Yehuda, the, the man who was killed in Chomish, when we understand a little bit of Mishir Nefesh that's going on day to day here in Hebron, despite all the outside forces that are trying to extinguish the great fire here, we understand there is a big cry also crying out. And God willing, all our friends from abroad will step up in a financial way and be able to give and to help us be able to grow and to continue to thrive despite not being able to be here physically. I, I love the fact that you mentioned the Army program because it's one of the practical things that people can support, the special educational programs that both for the Army and for youngsters in Israel. People don't realize that there are soldiers who've grown up in Israel who've never walked into Hebron. People don't realize that young people that you know we just assume have walked the streets of Jerusalem or have visited Hebron because that's the type of thing we do with our kids. We think the typical Israeli has done that. Explain how significant this program that you just described is because they would go an entire lifetime without walking into the holy city of Hebron. You see, Malcolm, it's heartbreaking because it could be so close and yet so far. And it could be far sometimes and yet so close. And sometimes what should be so taken for granted, unfortunately, gets overlooked. And like you said, the average Israeli, till his pre-army program, not only has not been to Hebron, hasn't been to the Kotel, maybe as Bar Mitzvah Day or Hanachat Filin, he had a little party or celebration, but after that has never yet been revisited. And Hebron now especially is very, very much on the radar of all army programs, both pre-army programs, because I think a program called Mechina, both observant programs, co-ed programs, a little less observant or not yet observant, and they're all coming for a day or a Shabbos in, here in Hebron. And we also have tons, tons of IDF, what's called educational days, where Noam Arnon speaks to hundreds of soldiers a week, and sometimes the Mishmah HaGvul and the Israeli military police. And it's really something, and the change, and what happens spiritually to them when they come and they see. Sometimes what they maybe heard about in the Tanakh class, but they had to take a, bug, uh, a region in high school, and there was some, you know, they needed some points on the on, on <laughs> Tanakh. All of a sudden, they see it, and it's not come and see. It's not come and hear. That's on the level now, Tachazi, come and see. And it's really an unbelievable awakening. And the Hasbara that Yot Hamli does, and Norma Non, and Yishai, is just amazing. And it's really a, a spiritual awakening to so many people. Reb Simcha Hachbam is with us live via telephone from Hebron. Hebronfund.org slash match. The campaign is going on right now. Hebronfund.org slash match. They've reached one-third of the goal of $1 million. We're asking everybody to get them closer and closer because in eight hours this campaign will end, and please God, they'll be at their goal. Hebronfund.org slash match. Every single dollar that is contributed Every single dollar that is contributed is going to be matched. So every time you give a dollar, you're giving $2. Hebronfund.org slash match. Rip Simcha, what was the most recent 
Shabbat Chayei Sarah like in Hebron? So I have to tell you, Nachum, there's some silver lining here. And Shabbat Chayei Sarah, Thanksgiving weekend, Hanukkah. But we'll talk a little bit about Shabbat Chayei Sarah. Sometimes when something's taken away from you, or you're unable, the situation, circumstance, last year was impossible for health reasons to have a public Chayei And the government, for our protection, and rightfully so, closed down the ability to have the public gathering that we normally have. This year, the phones are ringing off the hook, not just from Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, from Jews who couldn't come, yeshiva students, seminary students who last year weren't able to come, and this year we had Shana Bet. Whether it was Americans who had all the proper vaccinations and documentation to be able to come, the demand and the desire to come was amazing. And that alone, the thirst and that hunger. But the davening this year, literally, by we have a friend, Shuli Hirsch, who lives in Brooklyn. He comes every year. The davening, you could literally feel the field physically rising up. Friday night, we had unbelievable Shlomo davening, singing, dancing with thousands, literally thousands of young people. And just the whole Shabbat was perfect weather and really a little taste of after Mashiach. And Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, next year we'll be back to the point that uh, that we remember from the old days with tens of thousands together for Chaye Sarah in celebration and in claiming, uh, rightfully so, that the uh, city of Hebron belongs to the Jewish people. Amen, amen, amen. It's really, I have to tell every young person that comes, a yeshiva student, a seminary student, yes, of course they kept Shabbat, and they always were... Uh, obedient to the letter of the law. But this Shabbat gives everyone the soul of Shabbat. It's yeah. the gift of Shabbat. It's something that lasts with them throughout their adult life. Yeah, and I'll add that any Shabbat in Hebron does that as well, uh, just on a different level. Um, uh, everybody out there, everybody out there who's tuned in, I'm asking you, um, we have a few minutes left. Make sure to support the Holy City of Hebron on this very important day because it's a Hebron Fund Matching Campaign Day. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. Reb Simcha Hachbam from Hebron encourages everybody to do the same. Hebronfund.org slash match. Let's help them get to their goal uh, eight hours from now. Reb Simcha, I look forward to reuniting with you in the holy city of Hebron very soon, God God willing. Likewise, Zacha, we miss you so, so much. And God willing, all our friends. Torah tells us of a Choma Dech with all your possessions. And sometimes we could a little bit sanctify possessions and we could bring a little bit the air of Eretz Yisrael to giving to the land of Israel and giving charity to the city of Hebron. And there we could bring upon ourselves all the blessings of this holy city. Amen. Thank you so much, Nachum, for allowing us to share and to bring a little taste of Abir of Eretz Yisrael to all our friends. Uh, my honor. Rabbi Simcha Hachbam is Director of Tourism for the Hebron Fund. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. You're listening to JM in the AM. Maybe I have a voice, 
We have had an amazing hour so far with some of our guests in the holy city of Hebron. But I don't think anybody can address the work of the Hebron Fund better than uh, Rabbi Dan Rosenstein. He's the executive director of the Hebron Fund, and we could turn to him and uh, find out what the Hebron Fund has done recently. And as he just said to me off the air, when things do open up, some of the work of the Hebron Fund when people visit Hebron will be noticeable and certainly appreciated, especially by those who will, please God, be in Hebron over the next uh, couple of Chaye Soros. Rabbi Dan Rosenstein is uh, with us live via telephone. The Hebron Fund uh, campaign is hebronfund.org slash match, hebronfund.org slash match. Rabbi Dan Rosenstein, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nachum, it's one of the highlights of my year being on your show and also seeing you at the Israeli Day Parade and uh, reaching out to all your uh, amazing listeners. I know my, my mother-in-law in, uh, in Boca Raton, uh, Rochelle Ebner, listens to you and so many other people, and it's just great to have a platform like yours to be able to connect because, as you know, everyone comes from the word chibor, to connect, so... Uh, 
that's what we're here to do today. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much, and we've been focused over the last few months on the disconnect. But uh, Dan, I'm sure you agree with the previous, the previous callers, the previous guests during this hour that uh, we can use this opportunity to actually connect, even if we're thousands of miles away from Chevron. We could use this opportunity through the Chevron Fund to feel a little bit closer to our holy city. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I feel a little bit uh, small speaking after such amazing people like, like Chief Security Officer Yoni uh, Blackbard and the spokesman Yishai Fleischer and the Director of Tourism of Simcha. And I kind of think that they all said everything so amazing. The, the only problem with these guys is that they're too unup, they're too, uh, they're <laughs> too, too modest about uh, their work. <laughs> That's probably true. You know, what Yoni didn't tell you was that uh, I was there when we. You know, I, I, I flew in a few—I was supposed to be in New York now, but I'm in Israel now, but uh, I had a $500 flight on LL, Government Fund's official uh, airline, LL. Um, but, uh, and for $500, I was going to fly in for the campaign, but, uh, okay, you guys you guys went red. Right. Um, but on the previous trip, we were meeting with a guy in Queens, and, and it was weird because I felt something happen there. I couldn't put my finger on it. And, uh, you know, we're sitting with a guy— and he says, listen, I, I want to give you uh, funds. Which, which project should I do? And I wanted one project, and Yoni, as a security guy, wants the other one. My project I thought was, was funner and more on, on the offense, and his was on the defense. He's like, Yoni's like, listen, I need the, the cameras. There's, there's gaps, what the IDF does, and this, that. And I said, and the guy turns to me and says, what should I do? It was a major, uh, it was a major gift, five figures. So I said, "Look, I can't, I can't argue with the security guy, even though he doesn't have his gun on him." <laughs> I said, "Let's, let's." I, I said, "You should, you should do the cameras. That's, that's the, that, you know, like let's leave the fun out of this, and you know, it's lives at stake." And then I see, and then I get WhatsApps up the wazoo, uh, two Mosei Shabbos ago, a guy in Atalis, a rabbi from Kiryat Arba, finished davening, Maratim Achbelaz, walking out, and he got stabbed by this. Uh, by this lady, and uh, the lady and, and the Arabs were putting out on the media that that the guy attacked her, and I mean he attacked her after he got stabbed. That's true, but um, and and it was our camera that provided the evidence, and uh, you know, uh, and I, I felt very special that our donors that are in America, even though they can't get on the plane right now, are making such a huge difference. Wow, what a story! What a yeah. story! So. Can we make an impact thousands of miles away? The answer is yes. Simple as that. The answer is yes. And there are fun projects. There's parks and there's different funds for kids and there's holiday projects and there's so many things that the Chevron Fund is responsible for. But boy, they take the serious stuff very seriously to say the least. Rabbi Dan Rosenstein is with us. He and I encourage everybody to make this a very successful day for the Chevron Fund. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. By the way, Dan, I want to say one other thing. We talk about con- connection. Anybody who's not on the Chevron Fund uh, email list should be on it because it's not just a, a, a fundraising platform. It's an opportunity for people to uh, see and hear from your spokespeople and get the Vrei Torah every single week before Shabbat and to really focus on what's the latest news in Chevron, especially for those of us who aren't able to visit and see for ourselves. So I'm going to make that recommendation also, and I hope that email list of yours is growing. Oh, yeah. Well, certainly, yeah. Look, it's, uh, you know, we can't do it alone, and we can't do it with one or two donors. So, you know, everyone can participate. And what happens is automatically, whatever donation that you make, you get into the uh, into the newsletter, and you can feel connected to Israel and, right. and Chevron in particular. And right. uh, people stop me all the time 
and they quote stuff from the newsletter. People really, uh, really appreciate it, and it really, it really uh, lightens up their uh, their week. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, and on our app, by the way, we have a lot of uh, greetings for people in Chevron, people from around this country who uh, are specifically pointing out some of the folks that have appeared during this hour. A lot of people feel very connected to the personalities of Chevron, both past and present. And that's one of the most uh, amazing things about this whole effort. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. You know, Dan, you know from past experience, when this campaign goes well, I mean, we could, you could look at last year's. When this campaign goes well, it gives you and your staff the opportunity to implement all or at least most of the things that you want to implement during the year. So this is really a vital campaign, not just because, not just because of the size of the goal. It's vital because it's going to give you an opportunity to really set into motion a lot of the things we've heard about in the last hour. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, we rely on, we rely on this campaign, and uh, it fuels our efforts for, you know, during the, during the year. And, uh, and it's helpful for the donors, you know. Uh, yeah, listen, today, today is December 29th, so a lot of people are scrambling to get in their last uh, tax deductions. Right. Right. And uh, Friday night is December 31st, so today would be the best day, I think, to, uh, to do that. And, um, and then also thanks to the generous matchers that all well, the donations are going to be doubled. So, I, I mean, I don't know how many reasons you need to give to Chevron. Uh, the people that were on before me, the matching, the the tax deduction, uh, it's just a big mitzvah, and you could really make an impact on Israel because, like you said earlier, you know what, what you know, a strong Chevron is a strong Israel, and uh, and that's that's really the truth. So uh, yeah, not every- now would be the time to go to HebronFund.org. Yeah, not everybody gets that, but you have to take our word for it, everybody. A strong Chevron is in fact a strong Israel. And obviously a strong Chevron and then a strong Israel leads to safety and security for Jews around the world. And that is not an understatement. And uh, during these times, when unfortunately the, uh, the borders have generally been closed, I know there have been times in the last couple of years where I and others have been privileged to get in, uh, but generally the borders have been closed. We have to consider that, how a strong Chevron and strong Israel is so vital uh, to a safe Jewish community around the world. Do the math, everyone. Trust me, it works out. Dan Rosenstein and I, and so many others, joined together, Chibur, Chevron, joined together in asking everyone to get the Chevron fund to its goal. The campaign goal is $1 million. There's just over eight hours left to the campaign, and every time you give a dollar, you're really giving $2. And every time you give 180, you're giving 360. And every time you give 500, you're giving 1,000. It's hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match. Um, Rabbi Dan Rosenstein, I'm not sure what else there is to say, but I will give you the final word. Uh, What message would you like to leave our listeners with? Um, well, listen, I would also add in the phone number for the office, 718-677-6886, and then you get to speak to Esther. Uh, you know, there are some people that have uh, found, that sit on foundations and they decide to um, allocate their foundation checks. Uh, uh, she can take that pledge and, uh, and uh, verify and put it onto the, um, onto the site. But in, in final... Listen, uh, you know, as I told you earlier, you're invited for Shabbat Chayesara. We had uh, we had thousands and thousands of uh, people this year. It was very, very strong. Next year 
Shabbat Chayesarah is the Shabbat before uh, what's called Thanksgiving. Um, and certainly, uh, as people, uh, as we allocate the housing, those people that live at the higher levels are going to are going to be in the premium housing. <laughs> that means they'll have uh, they'll have the Lexus of housing. They'll have their own Lexus car, <laughs> where they'll take out the cap, the car battery, and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we're not going to put them in the tent. <laughs> you know, they'll have everyone's going to have nice housing. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, listen, we're, you know, we work on the Chayisara, we push back against BDS with Yishai, we provide the food for the, for the residents that are in need, we make barbecues for the, for the Chayalim, now we're doing winter packages, uh, for the soldiers, we're still doing these bus tours to bring in, uh, the Israeli students that otherwise would not be coming to Hebron and would not have that experience, um, and then we have all the upkeep of the of the holy sites all across Hebron, uh, you know, if we're not doing this, it's just, uh, you know, the Jewish people are relying on us. Yeah. You know, this isn't a private yeah. uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, charity. This is, uh, this is for all the people of, uh, of Israel, and therefore, um, you know, everyone, everyone should be connected to, everyone is already connected, but this is a great way to give back and to be part of something, something amazing. So uh, this is, you know, we only have eight hours left. And, and we really want to maximize this match. So, you know, people could just run over to their phone or their computer and go on hebronfund.org. It'll bring you to the cause match page. You want to put in a, a nice note in there also, that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, we're running out of time. We're a little bit ahead of pace. This is our most ambitious goal, and this is probably our sixth campaign. Um, this, is probably our, this is definitely our most ambitious goal. And... Uh, and let's try and maximize every dollar that we can. Everything is doubled, so let's do it. 718-677-6886 if you want to speak to the Chevron Fund staff directly about any of this. 718-677-6886. Make your voice heard. Make your dollars count. And make them go far by having them doubled. Hebronfund.org slash match. Hebronfund.org slash match or by Dan Rosenstein a big yeshikach to you and continued good luck with the campaign and with everything having to do with the Chevron Fund Amen thank you so much Nachum a pleasure a real pleasure and thanks to all of our guests during this very special hour Achinu Yisrael and Achim Achem our brothers and sisters in Israel we are with you with your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app 